The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 34 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two comedy episodes of My Friend Irma, starring Marie Wilson. We'll begin after this short break. Some might remember My Friend Irma as a 1949 movie that served as the launching pad for Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Others recall a television show of the same name, but My Friend Irma originated as a radio sitcom created by Cy Howard that aired on CBS from 1947 to 1954. Talented comedian Marie Wilson became synonymous with the character of Irma Peterson, the archetypal dumb Dora. Dragging her roommate, the sensible and often exasperated Jane Stacy, played by Kathy Lewis and later by Joan Banks, into a series of hilarious misadventures, Wilson managed the role with the skill of a Gracie Allen. Irma worked as a stenographer for a lawyer, Mr. Clyde, played by Alan Reed, and was fired on many occasions but always rehired within hours because the filing system made no sense to anyone other than Irma. Irma's scatterbrained character was certainly a source of comedy, but she had a warmth and openness that endeared her to radio audiences. Irma's boyfriend, Al, played by John Brown, was the deadbeat most mothers preferred their daughters to avoid at all costs, but Irma was crazy about him. Jane dated her millionaire boss, Richard Rhinelander III, played by Leif Erikson, and dreamed of one day marrying him. The radio sitcom was popular enough to warrant a motion picture starring Marie Wilson and Diana Lynn, produced by Hal Wallace, followed by a sequel, My Friend Irma Goes West, from 1950. A newspaper comic strip, scripted for a time by Stan Lee of Marvel fame, and a series of comic books soon followed. It also made a transition to TV from 1952 until 1954. Time now for the first of two comedy episodes of My Friend Irma. In this first one, Jane and Irma are going out on a double date, but Al threatens to make trouble. You'll hear a few flubs by the cast in this one. Remember, this was live radio, so anything could happen. Here's My Friend Irma starring Marie Wilson from January 3rd, 1949. For the safety of your smile, use Pepsodent twice a day. See your dentist twice a year. Lever Brothers Company presents the Pepsodent Show, My Friend Irma, created by Cy Howard and starring Marie Wilson as Irma with Joan Banks as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship when other friendships have been forgotten.
3rd, the beginning of a new year. 1948 has slipped into the past, and yet, thanks to my roommate, Irma Peterson, I will remember it as long as I live. For it was in 1948 that Irma did the following memorable things. A. She bought a refrigerator without a motor because she felt that without any moving parts, there was nothing to go out of order. <laughs> B. It was in 1948 that she gently took my new sealskin coat and put it in the bottom of the bathtub while she poured water and ice over it because it was Be Kind to Animals Week. <laughs> and see, it was also in 1948 when Irma's boss, Mr. Clyde, told her he wished to speak to a client in Dallas, Texas, person to person. So Irma wired him the fare for a round-trip ticket. <laughs> That was all in 1948. 49 is starting out even worse. Why? Because Irma has at long last broken off with Al. And day and night for the past three days, America's number one fugitive from an honest buck <laughs> has been bombarding his chicken with various notes and tokens of his love. On Friday, it was a letter a letter which went... Dear Chicken, I cannot understand how you could break up our romance after all we've gone through. We used to count on each other so much. Now that you've left me, I can no longer eat. I go without breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Don't cry, honey. It's not your fault. Yes, it is. He used to count on me for those things. <laughs> I do not wish to cause you undue alarm. But unless you take me back, I will throw myself under the wheels of a subway train from the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> and on the way down, I will stab myself several times, fatally. <laughs> and if that don't work, I will take poison. And if nothing happens by the time I hit the ground, we'll do something desperate. <laughs> He's figured more angles than a four-way coal tablet. It's too bad things have to come to this sudden end just when I thought of a real money-making plan. Oh, no. Yes, a plan that would make us rich. It's a special weight recorder for wives who are suspicious of their husbands. A device which can be attached to the husband's chair at the office. When his secretary sits on his lap, the additional weight is recorded, and the wife has got him with the goods. <laughs> so you see, Chicken, unless you have a change of heart, the world will lose a great mind. Adios. Al. That was Friday. Early Saturday morning, a single lily was delivered to Irma. A lily which I am quite certain I saw clasped between folded hands in the window display of Hawker's Mortuary. <laughs> and on the card, tenderly inscribed, were these immortal words. Dear Chicken, I send you this single lily because the hands that last held them were as cold as your heart. <laughs> Desperately, Al So much for Saturday On Sunday, sheer grief gives way to determination In the form of a love poem A work of deathless art Dear Chicken Like a little squirrel needs his nuts I must have you and no one but <laughs> Enough to tear your heart out, isn't it? But all this hasn't made the least impression on Irma. She's completely wrapped up in thoughts of her new boyfriend, Melvin Baxter. Uh, Jane. What, Irma? 
what do you really think of Melvin? Well, from what I've seen of him, he strikes me as being reliable, ambitious, and sincere. I suppose you're right, but I can't see where he's so reliable. What do you mean? We've been out together four times, and he hasn't even kissed me once. <laughs> well, maybe he's a bit bashful. Gee, Al was different. He kissed me four times before we were introduced. <laughs> Irma, you sound as if you're still a little sweet on Al. Oh, no, Al is a forgotten chapter. Uh, since I've been going places with Melvin, life is just a new thrill. You don't know what it means to a girl to go on a subway with a man and have him pay your fare. <laughs> I have lived a little, too. And Melvin is so considerate. Look, honey, sweet. you can tell me all about it while we walk down to the beauty parlor, huh? Oh, all right, Jane, let's go. Now, what were you saying about... Me oh, look, Irma, there's another letter in the mailbox. And I think it's from Guess Who. Well, let me see. Well, read it while we walk, huh? All right. Dear Chicken, you have refused to see me. Well, let me warn you. If you are thinking of marrying another man, do not waste time learning to cook for him since he will be on a liquid diet because I will knock out all his teeth. <laughs> Devotedly, Al. Oh, gee, gee, Jane, this is terrible. Why? I have just given Melvin a tube of Pepsodent for Christmas. <laughs> Irma, watch where you're going. You'll trip over that man tying his shoelaces. Oh, oh, it's Professor Kropotkin and Mrs. O'Reilly. Hello, Janie and Irma, my two little darlings. Oh, girls, I'm so glad to see you. The professor here has been trying to tell me my hair isn't natural red. Of course it is, Professor. I was with her when she bought it. It said natural red on the box. Irma. That was my hair net. Well, what's the difference? Professor, I'm surprised at you. I thought the two of you had made up over the holidays. Not a chance. Not after last night. I went into my room, and I thought Mrs. O'Reilly had given me a beautiful crystal chandelier. But when I turned on my gas heater, I was almost killed. How come? <laughs> the icicles melted and came down on my head. Oh, no. Oh, yes. And when I complain to Mrs. O'Reilly, she says I have an advantage none of her other tenants have. In my room, I can never get lost because when I lie in bed, I can see the North Star through the ceiling. <laughs> oh, you and your beefing. You almost made me forget to give Jane Richard's message. Oh, did, did Richard call me? Yes, Janie. Just go inside and use my phone. Oh, thanks. Wait for me, Irma. Tell me, Irma. How's the new romance with Melvin? Oh, he's so sweet and kind. And I know he likes me because he broke off with his girl, Myrtle. Myrtle? Yes, and I'm proud because that's the test of a man's devotion. Indeed it is. When my poor departed Clancy met me, he was going with another girl, but he broke off with her. I understood she felt terrible. But she got over it very quickly and married Julius Caesar. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> I saw the picture. Julius Caesar is married to Vivian Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, Irma.
Emma. I've got to hurry. Aha, uh -huh, must be a big date. <laughs> well, I'll see you later, girls. Be careful, Mrs. O'Reilly. You'll fall into that ash can and they don't collect it till Wednesday. <laughs> beauty pie? Well, I don't want to be late. Richard is taking me out tonight, and you and Melvin are invited. Gosh, how did this happen? Well, he just explained that one of his clients is in some sort of scandal, and while Richard isn't involved directly, he doesn't want to be any place where he can be pestered by reporters. You know how he hates publicity. Oh, of course, I understand. So the four of us will go to some nice, quiet place. Oh, here's the beauty parlor. You coming in, Irma? No, I just want to walk through the slush and think of Melvin. Well, I'll see you later, honey. I'm in the mood for love simply because. Chicken! You're, simply because. Chicken! If you don't go away and let me finish this song, I'll call an officer. Now, listen to me, chicken. You don't know what this separation has meant to me. I lay in bed at night thinking of you, and my heart beats a savage tattoo. I'm sorry, Al, but having pictures on your chest isn't going to make any difference to me. Oh, please, chicken. Haven't I given you the best years of my life? Al, ever since I've known you, you've been in the unemployment line. Well, those are my best years. <laughs> Look, chicken, I can't take any more of this. My whole life is all mixed up. I'm so confused, I, I, I put my hand in the wrong pocket this morning when I went to make a phone call. What do you mean? Used a nickel instead of a slug. <laughs> Chicken, I'm, I'm disintegrating right in front of your eyes. Oh, please, Al, not in front of strangers. <laughs> it's all over between us. I love Melvin. Uh, Melvin? That's the guy that's been poisoning your mind against me with his fanatical talk about working. You leave Melvin out of this. Please, chicken, how can you do this? After all, we were inseparable, like Trilby and Svengali, and Damon and Pythias. Oh, Al, you're talking about cities I haven't even been to. <laughs> it's no use, Al. I want Melvin. Chicken, if I can't have you, no one will. Al, if you don't stop talking like that, I'll call a policeman. Now go. Okay, I'll go. But I warn you, if that Melvin comes to see you tonight, you better tell him to wear a football helmet. Because I'm going to kick him right in the end zone. Well, hello, sweetie. Well, Irma, what's wrong? You look all upset. Oh, it's nothing. Uh, besides, when Richard gets here, everything will be all right. Richard? What do you mean? Oh, when the policeman comes, he can be a witness. Policeman? Witness? Irma, what are you driving at? Oh, I ran into Al on the street, and he's coming over tonight to murder Melvin. Oh, no. And Richard doesn't want publicity. Irma Peterson, why do you always have to get mixed up in these things? Oh, I don't know, Jane. I guess I'm just a good mixer. <laughs> Run the tip of your tongue over your teeth. If you feel a slippery coating, you have film on your teeth, and you need Pepsodent with Irium to remove it. For film is worse than you think. Film collects stains that make your teeth look dull. Pepsodent toothpaste removes film, makes your teeth look bright. Film harbors germs that cause unpleasing breath. Pepsodent removes film, makes your breath fresh and clean. Film glues acid to your teeth. The very acid many dentists agree is the cause of tooth decay. 
Pepsodent toothpaste removes film and the acids it contains. Film never lets up. It forms continually on your teeth. Yes, you have to fight film every day. So brush your teeth twice a day with Pepsodent toothpaste because no other toothpaste can duplicate Pepsodent's film-removing formula. No other toothpaste contains irium or Pepsodent's gentle polishing agent. So start now to fight film. Brush your teeth twice a day with Pepsodent, the toothpaste with an exclusive formula for removing film. just about beside myself with anger. Richard, who is purposely taking me out tonight to some out-of-the-way place to avoid publicity, is about to walk into a homicidal spotlight. And Irma is completely unconcerned. She is lost in her dream world. How do I know? Because she's putting mascara on her fingernails and nail polish on her eyelashes. <laughs> Irma. Oh, what is it, Jane? Oh, look what I did to my nails. Look, honey, I'll make excuses for the fact that you think you're in love, but I refuse to let your love affairs come between Richard and myself. Oh, Jane, I, I don't think I'll start a fight with my new, new boyfriend, Melvin, when we go out tonight. But he's liable to. The four of us are going out, and if there's a fight, Richard is going to be standing right there when the police arrive. So what? He can just say he was watching in self-defense. <laughs> Irma, don't be ridiculous now, now look, sweetie You've got to go down to the corner And tell Al to be a gentleman well, well, What shall I tell him? Just say you have no respect for men Who use brute force and resort to violence And you insist he leave Melvin alone Now, can you remember that? I think so Let's hear it once to make sure. All right, I, I have no respect for men because I'm going to resort with a brute if I have to use violence. <laughs> no, 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 Irma. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'd better go down myself. Jean, believe me, I'll never start a fight. I'm... Well, what makes you so sure? Well, because fighting is too much like work. And that's enough to make Al sick. Say, you've got something there. I never thought of it that way. Oh, certainly, Jane. This is going to be a quiet evening. Well, now, now I'm relieved. Oh, Richard will be here any minute. I'd better start dressing. Oh, Jane. Yes, sweetie. Uh, you don't have to be afraid to wear your new evening gown when you go out with Richard tonight because I fixed it. Oh, that's nice. What? You fixed it? Yes, I didn't want you to catch cold, so I patched up the front and the back. Irma! <laughs> Irma, that's the new neckline. Where is it? Oh, well, thank goodness you sewed it by hand. I can get these stitches out without too much trouble. Oh, I'm sorry, Jane, but in this weather, I thought... Oh, you get the phone. I'll slip my dress on. All right. Hello? Oh, it's you, Al. Huh? No, Melvin isn't here yet. But, Al, I don't want you to start a fight up here because... Uh, oh, you don't intend to? Oh, all right. Yes, yes, I know you're being considerate. Uh, uh, thank you. Goodbye. Jane? Yes, Irma? You see, all your worries were for nothing. That was Al. Oh, wonderful. Then he isn't coming up here to start a fight. No, he said he'd start out front because there's more room to swing. <laughs> what? Oh, Irma, Irma. Jenna, I'm, I'm sorry I got you in a mess, but to me it's, it's all so romantic. Romantic? Yes. Just imagine two men fighting over me. Little me, the center of attractions. 
<laughs> it's like two birds fighting over a worm. <laughs> I mean, well, oh, gee, my life was nothing, and now I'm suddenly become important. Two men are fighting over me savagely, furiously, like two Roman alligators. <laughs> That's gladiators. And Irma, I don't see anything romantic about it. Ooh, I do. Personally, I, I think love is too tame these days. I'd like to go back to the days of the cavemen. Oh, I suppose you'd like to be pulled across the countryside by your hair. Oh, I wouldn't mind as long as I knew that someday my husband could afford a car. <laughs> Come in. Hello, girls. Oh, Mrs. O'Reilly, you're just the person I want to see. Why, Janie, you look upset. Is there anything wrong? Everything is wrong. Irma's new boyfriend, Melvin, is coming over tonight, and Al says he's going to beat him up. Well, now, if there's anyone he listened to, it should be Irma here. Irma? She is looking forward to it. She thinks it's romantic to have men fighting over her. Oh, I know how she feels. When I was a young girl, I met two fine lads at a dance. And when it was over, they started a fight to see which one was going to take me home. The best-looking boy won, and I was very disappointed. Why? The loser had to take me home. <laughs> Don't worry, Janie. If Al starts anything tonight, I'll call the police. Oh, no, no, Mrs. Riley. Not the police, ever. Richard will be here, and right now he can't afford to be involved in any trouble. Well, I don't think there'll be any trouble. If I know Al, it's more likely he'll try to talk Melville into stepping out of the picture. He's probably figuring out an angle right now some way to give that Melvin the work so we'll stay away from chicken. And in a case like this, there's only one man who can help me. Who else but... Hello, Joe. <laughs> ah, got a problem. Want to get rid of a rival, but don't want to get in any trouble. What is my move? Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. Make it look like he was hit by a truck, huh? <laughs> Yo, how, how, how do I do that? Get a baseball bat and tie a license plate on the end of it. <laughs> Joe, you are a genius. Thank you and goodbye, noble friend. Well, I guess Mrs. O'Reilly was right. I was just letting my imagination get the best of me. Everything is calm and peaceful. And I can't wait for Richard to get here. Irma, of course, is anticipating Melvin with ecstasy beyond delight. Right now, she has a sunshine biscuit in her mouth and the book of knowledge on her head. That's to show Melvin she's a smart cookie. <laughs> Clever? But this I cannot understand. She has just taken a $10 bottle of Madame Cerise perfume and thrown it out the window. Irma, what's the idea? I just read in the paper that Madame Cerise got divorced. Now, if the perfume didn't do her any good, how could it help me? <laughs> After all, I want to impress Melvin. Why? Why? Well, remember, he gave up his girlfriend Myrtle for me. Yes, I know all about that, but you don't have to stand by the window looking at the moon like a, a lovesick cat. Oh, but the moon fascinates me, Jane. I remember when I was a little girl, I used to say the moon was made of green cheese. Yes, I know. But we all outgrew that fairy story. Fairy story? Jane, there's a scientific explanation for it. That the moon is made of green cheese? Yes, it was once part of the Milky Way, but a big lump got loose and curdled. <laughs> 
thank you, Irma Einstein. Oh, please, Jane, come here and look. I've never seen the moon so beautiful. The way it's beaming down the fire escape and on the clothesline and on the steps and the street and on that man standing there with a baseball bat. A baseball bat? Let me look. Irma, that's Al. I wonder what he's doing with a baseball bat. Well, it's obvious he's lost me, so he's taking up a hobby. Oh, no. <laughs> he must be waiting for your new boyfriend, Melvin. Oh, Irma. Oh, don't open the door, Jane. Oh, be still. Uh, who's there? It is I. That's Richard. Anyone else would say it's me. <laughs> uh, uh, come in. Hello, girls. Oh, Jane, what's wrong? You're pale. Richard, I... Uh, oh, Richard, I, I don't know how to begin. Oh, Richard. For heaven's sake, what's wrong? Didn't you see Al? He's downstairs. Well, I thought I saw someone standing in the shadows, but he didn't speak. What's going on? Al is waiting for Irma's new boyfriend with a baseball bat. Now, Richard, I know you don't want to be involved, this but... This is I... all I need tonight. I'd better go down and talk with him. I'm going to open the window. I want to hear what Al says. Isn't this wonderful, Jane? <laughs> oh, oh, it, it's, it's ecstatic. I haven't had so much fun since that day you put shellac in my hair shampoo. <laughs> Jane, I'm trying to hear what the boys are saying down there. But, Al, after all, you're a gentleman. You must take these things like a sport. I am a sport. Tonight I'm playing baseball and Melvin's head is the ball. <laughs> Root. Richard, you don't know how much I love my Irma. Listen to that, Jane. He still loves me. When I see her... It's like putting my tired feet in a bucket of Epsom salts. <laughs> the sound of her voice is like the welcome sound of a siren heralding a jailbreak. And the touch of her hand is like the delicate caress of a pickpocket's fingers. <laughs> poetry, sheer poetry. <laughs> Jane, isn't it enough to turn any girl's head? Yes, and her stomach, too. <laughs> oh, look, Richard's coming back. Gee, I wonder what Al's going to do. Oh, I don't know, Irma, but pull down that shade. All right, but, gee, let's hurry up and change. Change? What are you talking about? Well, the way things are shaping up, I think we should all wear sports clothes. Don't you dare move, Irma Peterson. And let me tell you one thing. If Richard breaks off with me because of this fantastic nightmare, I'll... Uh, I'll oh, Richard, any luck? No, no, I pleaded with Al, but he has some silly notion about men fighting for their women. He says it's the law of the jungle, that the strong must devour the weak. Oh, my goodness. To think uh, all these years I've been going around with a cannibal. <laughs> Let me in. Let me in. Ooh, that's Melvin. Do come in. Gangway. Oh, what's happened? What's happened? Some crazy farmer chased me up the steps with a baseball bat. Farmer? <laughs> yeah. He kept screaming and muttering something about, I stole his chicken. <laughs> That's no farmer. That's me. What? I mean, I'm the chicken. The man with a baseball bat is my old boyfriend, Al. Oh, so that's who he is. Well, nobody's scaring me off. I like you, Irma. After all, I gave up Myrtle for you, and you're going to be mine. I'm going right back down there and fight it out with Al man to man. Oh, Melvin, promise you'll be careful. Oh, I'm not even afraid. Don't let him hit you on the head. Re remember, you have to be at work early. <laughs> don't give it a second thought. I'm afraid of nothing. But, Irma, if you don't mind, lift the shade a little. I want to see where Al is standing so he doesn't have too much of an advantage with that baseball bat. All right. Now, 
let me see. Oh. Oh, what's the matter, Melvin? Melvin, you look white. Melvin, aren't you going down to face Al? No, I can't go down. We got to stay here all night. But you said you weren't afraid of Al. Take a look. Myrtle's down there with him, and she's also got a baseball bat. <laughs> oh, that makes it more interesting. Interesting? Why? I thought it was just going to be a ball game, but it's going to be a doubleheader. <laughs> Don't think that you are safe from film. Nearly everyone has it. Just run the tip of your tongue over your teeth. If you feel a slippery coating, that's film. And you'd better get Pepsodent toothpaste to remove it. For film collects stains that make teeth look dull. It harbors germs that cause unpleasing breath. Film glues acid to your teeth. The very acid that many dentists agree is the cause of tooth decay. And remember, film never stops forming. No, it never lets up. So brush your teeth twice a day with film-removing Pepsodent. No other toothpaste contains irium or Pepsodent's gentle polishing agent. No other toothpaste can duplicate Pepsodent's film-removing formula. Get Pepsodent toothpaste with irium today. <laughs> some night. I didn't get to go out with Richard, but my dress did. We put it on Melvin and Richard took him home. <laughs> As for Irma, her status is still the same. Al is still threatening and Melvin is still afraid to come around. In fact, every time Irma has a date with Melvin, she takes along a shopping bag. Irma, what's the idea? Well, Al says he'll tear Melvin to pieces and I want something to bring him home in. <laughs> and you know, if anyone finds a missing piece, it probably came from the mind of my friend Irma. <laughs> Friend Irma is produced and directed by Cy Howard and stars Marie Wilson as Irma with Joan Banks as Jane. Park Levy writes the script with Stanley Adams and Roland McLean, and it's brought to you by Pepsodent Toothpaste with Arium, another fine product of Lever Brothers Company. The part of Al was played by John Brown. Hans Conried is Professor Kropotkin. Gloria Gordon was heard as Mrs. O'Reilly. Music was under the direction of Lud Gluskin. Start the new year right by resolving to be careful when you're out driving. Remember that winter weather brings an extra hazard to the highways. So drive safely and adjust your speed to the road and the weather. Pedestrians, too, should use extra caution. Remember, accidents don't always happen to someone else. It pays to be careful. This is Wendell Niles speaking. B-R-I-S-K, brisk flavor. That's what you get in Lipton tea. Yes, brisk flavor that picks you up, brings you back alive in a hurry. 
brisk flavor that comes from Lipton's very special blending of the finest orange pico and pico teas. Try it. You'll find that this brisk flavor of Lipton's leaves you refreshed and ready to go again. And you can enjoy it often, because even wonderful tea like Lipton's costs less than any drink except water. Always ask for Lipton tea, the brisk tea, with that heartwarming Lipton lift. Tune in one hour earlier next week and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, followed by the Pepsi and Show, My Friend Irma. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's My Friend Irma with The Double Date, starring Marie Wilson as Irma and Joan Banks as Jane from January 3rd, 1949, as heard over CBS. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another comedy installment of My Friend Irma for you after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, the big question is, will Al marry Irma? Here's Marie Wilson as star of My Friend Irma from March 7, 1949. For the safety of your smile, use Pepsodent twice a day. See your dentist twice a year. Lever Brothers Company presents the Pepsodent show, My Friend Irma, created by Cy Howard and starring Marie Wilson as Irma with Joan Banks as Jane. Friendship, friendship, just a perfect friendship when other friendships have been forgotten. about the dog crossing the bridge with a bone in his mouth and how he saw his reflection in the water and thought it was another dog holding a larger bone. So he tried to get it, but when he opened his mouth, the bone fell out of it and he ended up with an empty stomach. Well, this little story reminds me of my roommate, Irma Peterson. Why? Because she must have looked in the mirror one day, opened her mouth, and her brain fell out. <laughs> now, get me wrong, I love Irma. And to me, Jane Stacy, she's the best roommate a girl ever had. It's just that some of the things she says really are from Dixie. For instance, the other day I was reading about the strides made in television, and I said, Irma. Yes, Jane? Do you know that they've just come out with a television set that has an indoor aerial that goes right inside your room? Well, I don't 
see why we should buy one of those. I've already seen everything that's in our room. <laughs> well, now I know how it feels to be in the Navy. You go through life with an anchor. But that's the way it goes with my friend Irma. Every day something unusual happens. Like the other day the door opened and in came a breathless Irma who said... Oh, Jane, I'm so excited. I... I can hardly talk. Guess what? All right, what? Al is about to make me the luckiest woman in the world. He's leaving town. Of course not. He's committing suicide? Oh, Jane, be serious. All right, out with it. Al is going to marry me. But, Irma, that's impossible. Your raise hasn't come through yet. <laughs> oh, Jane, please don't belittle the man I'm giving my name to. <laughs> This time he's serious Irma, you needn't look at me that way I refuse to believe it Who's going to be the best man at the wedding? The man from the unemployment office? Well, that's what I'm trying to tell you, Jane Al has come into some money $500 $500? And you want to get married? Believe me, Irma That's not enough for a nest egg But, Jane, we don't want to raise birds We want to have children <laughs> Irma, that's just an expression And what is more, before I believe this fairy tale I'd like to know one thing How did this uh, uh, Horatio Alger in reverse boyfriend of yours Manage to get his hands on 500 honest American dollars? He got it by honest work He got an unusual tip on a horse <laughs> What do you mean, an unusual tip? Well, he saw a jockey coming out of a drugstore with an arm full of drugs and since he knew the jockey wasn't sick, he bet on the horse. And, uh, the horse won? Won? Al said the stuff made the horse run so fast they had to lasso it to get the jockey off. <laughs> well, I don't know. Even with that windfall, I still don't think he'll marry you. Oh, he will, Jane. And isn't it wonderful? I've waited so long for him, and now it will be just a short while before I hear the preacher say those wonderful words... Two dollars, please <laughs> And with Al, it'll be an I-O-U Come in Flowers for Miss Peterson Flowers? Oh, they must be from Al uh, Thank you, sir uh, I'd like to give you a tip But I must save the money for my children's piggy bank uh, I get all kinds of excuses But this is a new high Sometimes I'm sorry I ever graduated from college <laughs> Jane, I'm so nervous. Gosh, you open it. All right, honey. Oh, here's a card for you, honey. Read it. Oh, it's in Al's handwriting. Dear Chicken, with these flowers I send you a message of love in the heart of a rose. Be careful when you smell them, Chicken. Don't get no thorns in your nose. <laughs> oh, look how he worries about me. Signed, Al, your husband-to-be. Sarah Jane, do you believe it now? Well, I, I don't know what to say. I guess the miracle has come to pass. I might as well get out the rice and old shoes. No, Jane, don't cook tonight. We'll go to a restaurant. <laughs> I know what you mean, Irma, and I forgive you because you're really excited. Are you happy for me, Jane? Well, of course I am, honey. I, I couldn't be any happier if... This were happening to me. Oh, Jane. I'm so glad you're as happy as I am. 
It's only me, Professor Kropotkin. <laughs> Girls, why are you crying? Who died? I did. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm getting married. Al's finally going to marry you? Oh, I'm my little darling. The old professor is so happy for you. <laughs> Oh, girls, I haven't cried like this since the first time I looked at my room. <laughs> Tell me, Irma, what finally decided you and Al to get married? A horse. Oh, you mean Mrs. O'Reilly talked Al into it? Oh, no. Al made some money at the racetrack, and he says now he's going to be able to pop the question. Oh, I'm so happy for you. And, Irma, since your parents are so far away, maybe you would make the old professor happy... By letting me give you away at the wedding. Oh, Professor, of course you can take the place of my father. Maybe Mrs. O'Reilly could take the place of my mother. Yes, and maybe on the way to the church I could give her away. <laughs> or are you going to have the wedding in the daytime? Uh, come in. Hello, girls. Oh, Mrs. O'Reilly, guess what? Irma is getting married. Oh, Jane, you shouldn't have mentioned it. Now Mrs. O'Reilly will feel bad because she didn't bring me a present. Glory be, Irma, darling. I'm as happy for you as if you were my own child. Well, thanks, Mrs. O'Reilly. <laughs> oh, and marriage is such a wonderful thing. So many men don't know what they're missing when they stay single. <laughs> Mrs. O'Reilly, you can talk until you're blue in the face. I don't hear you. <laughs> Don't be so conceited, Professor. For your information, a man 20 years older than myself wants to marry me. That's nice, but the thing that bothers me is how can he make a living, a man 80 years old? <laughs> Don't go insulting me age. And if you had any brains, you'd know there's no such thing as an old woman these days. A little fix in there and a little massage in here and a little paint there and a woman is as streamlined as a roadster. I got news for you, Mrs. O'Reilly. The bottom has dropped out of the used car market. Why, uh, you flea-bitten old fiddler, If you change my bedclothes, Please, 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 please the it. two of you. This is a time for rejoicing, not bickering. Oh, excuse me, Irma, darling. We should know better. Tell me, are we invited to the wedding? Oh, of course you are. You're my dearest friend. Well, now, sweetie, don't you worry about a thing. I'll take care of all the details. In fact, I'll be delighted. The way Richard has been stalling me, it'll probably be as close to a wedding as I'll ever get. Oh, thanks, Jane. And since I'm going to see Al tonight, I'd better start getting dressed. Oh, talking about dressing, Irma, darling... I'm a little worried about what I'll wear to your wedding. Well, Professor, what's the matter with the tuxedo you have? It looks wonderful on you. No, Jenny, you saw it only in the daytime. At night, it lights up and says, Eat at the Gypsy Tiro. <laughs> to me, this is a little too commercial for a sentimental thing like a wedding. Well, I have no problem. I'm going down to me hope chest and get out the gown I'll be wearing at the wedding. Mrs. O'Reilly, you're not going to wear that same one you wore at the fireman's ball. Why? Uh, do you think it was a little too revealing? <laughs> yes, your face stuck out. <laughs> Goodbye, girls. Bye, you old bachelor. Well, sweetie, I I'm really very happy for you, but I've got to leave you now because I I'm having lunch with Richard. Say, maybe if I order some orange blossoms and rice, he'll take the hint. All right, Jane, I have to re I have to practice my lines. Goodbye. Uh, now, let's see. Uh, do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded wife? 
I do. No, that's wrong. Let's see. Uh, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded husband? I do? No. No. Uh, do you take this awfully wedded woman? <laughs> Still doesn't sound right. Come in. Oh, for goodness sakes, Amber Lipscott. I'm so glad you dropped by. Come on in, honey. Thank you, dearie. Amber, you look lovely. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> Must be because of my new fur piece. Oh, it's beautiful, Amber. I'm glad you like it. It's fresh killed, you know. <laughs> my boyfriend, Gerald the Jockey, was on a hunting trip last week and he ran over it. <laughs> oh, it looks like a porcupine. Well, Gerald is very thoughtful. He knows I like to have my back scratched. <laughs> Hey, dearie, what's new with you? Oh, Amber, the most wonderful thing has happened. Al and I are going to get married. Honey, prices are going down so you don't have to pick from the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Besides, you ain't got a chance for happiness. Why not? Dearie, did you read the February issue of True Happiness? No, I didn't. Well, it's got an article by Dr. Wendland Fischel, the noted marriage analyst. And he says that 99% of all married couples that are divorced are separated because they couldn't get along. With each other? Yeah. <laughs> you see, dearie, let's face it. Most men are crumbs. Oh, but my Al is so sweet. That's what you think now. When they're courting you, it's like Halloween. They all disguise themselves as human beings. <laughs> but after you're married, they switch over to Labor Day and you find yourself working for them. <laughs> oh, Amber, you're bitter. Look, dearie, after you've been jilted by eight guys, you learn a few things. <laughs> and like Dr. Fischel says in his article, most people rush into marriage and then get separated. The smart people have the trial separation first. And then if they miss each other, they get married. What should I do, Amber? Take my advice. Don't see Al for a week. Don't write to him or answer his phone calls. You, you look at this as, a, as an experiment, as if the two of you were a couple of guinea pigs. <laughs> Amber, I don't think that's a fair comparison. Besides, it might have some effect on our children. <laughs> Look, dearie, I want you to be happy. And you gotta be so careful. Look, when you make a mistake in the office, you can rub it out. But when you're married, sister, it costs an awful lot of money for an eraser. <laughs> oh, Amber, you've convinced me, and as soon as Al gets here, I'll tell him. No, dearie, when you see him, you'll weaken. Get away from here. Say, I got an idea. I'll stash you away up in my place in the Bronx. It'll be just like your quarantine. Quarantine? Yeah. Anything wrong with that? No, it's just that it's not sentimental. It makes marriage seem like a disease. Don't think that you are safe from film. Run the tip of your tongue over your teeth. If you feel a slippery coating, you have film, and you need Pepsodent with Irium to remove it. 
For film is worse than you think. Film collects stains that make your teeth look dull. But remember, Pepsodent toothpaste removes film, makes your teeth look bright. Film harbors germs that cause unpleasing breath. True, but Pepsodent removes film, makes your breath fresh and clean. Film glues acid to your teeth. The very acid many dentists agree is the cause of tooth decay. That's right. But Pepsodent toothpaste removes film and the acids it contains. Film never lets up. It forms continually on your teeth. Yes, you have to fight film every day. So brush your teeth twice a day with Pepsodent toothpaste. Because no other toothpaste can duplicate Pepsodent's film-removing formula. No other toothpaste contains irium or Pepsodent's gentle polishing agent. So start now to fight film with Pepsodent. The toothpaste with an exclusive formula for removing film. Cheer up, sister, and you too, mister. Pepsodent. Pepsodent. The place for you. When I went out to meet Richard, I left Irma with her head in the clouds. But it must have rained since then. For now I am sitting in the apartment holding a note in my hand which could bring tears to the eyes of a potato. And for 15 minutes I've been trying to decipher its meaning. Well, I'll read it once more. Then I'm going to send for the wagon to take me away. (laughs) Dear Jane, I will not see you for a week because Dr. Wenland Fischel says the price of erasers have gone up. (laughs) And Amber and I are living in the Bronx like two guinea pigs. (laughs) So when Al calls, explain that this is a trial separation, and if he does not understand, tell him not to feel too badly about it, as I do not either. But I know it's for the best. Try not to get in touch with me, as I am quarantined. Have never felt better. Love, guess who? (laughs) Oh, Mother, this brainstorm of Irma's is a new low. Come in. Here Here comes comes the bride, bride, all dressed in white. (laughs) Where is the bride to be, Jenny? We are practicing for the wedding. Yes, where's my little darling Irma? You can both stop practicing. The wedding has been postponed. Oh, that's terrible, and I was just about to tell Irma that I wanted to give her a shower. She'd be insulted. She'd think it was something personal. Here, read this note. Let me see. Ask for a trial separation before marriage? Well, that's ridiculous. This is like scratching your head before it itches. Well, maybe little Irma wants to make certain. Many of us girls have been stuck with a pig in a poke. Where you are concerned, I don't consider that being stuck. Now, just keep keep me out of this. I can see Irma's point of view. I went through misery with my late husband, Clancy. After we were married, he'd run around all night with his carousing and fun-making. I had to stay home, but I managed to get my fun in, too. How? I used to hide in back of the door, and when he came in, I'd say, peek a and let him have it over the head with a chair. <laughs> well, you know I never take Al's side when I can help it, but I really think Irma's idea of a trial separation is preposterous. And I know where she got the idea. She's under the influence of Amber Lipscott. That... Uh, that loudmouth female impersonator. There's no telling what can happen. I've got to get Irma back home from the Bronx. 
Do you think you should interfere, Janie? After all, Amber outweighs you, conservatively speaking, by a hundred pounds. <laughs> Look, Professor, I know Irma. She has a mind like a bed, and someone has to make it up for her. I wonder what that Amber and Irma are doing up in the Bronx. Amber, huh? how long have I been separated now? Forty-five minutes full of a watch time. Take <laughs> it easy, dearie. Well, I miss Al terribly, and what if he gets annoyed by m my quarantine? Look, dearie, if a person loves you, ten years is not a long time, I know. I've waited. <laughs> well, I've started. I might as well go through with it. Oh, sure, dearie. You don't want to be married and have a sink full of dishes while your husband runs around, and the baby is crying, and the milkman wants his bill paid, and you have to make excuses for your husband who's lost money on the horses. Oh, of course not. No. Well, I'll get it, dearie. Hello? May I speak to Irma Peterson? Hold it, Lady Aster. <laughs> Irma, it's your stuck-up roommate. Well, what can I tell her? Just remember what I just got through telling you about marriage. Oh, Jane. Irma, what in the world are you up to? Al just called for the eighth time, and he's frantic. What should I tell him? Well, tell him it's for our future happiness, Jane. I don't want what happens to a number of people to happen to me. I'm not going to sit in the sink with Bill while my husband runs around with the milkman. The babies are washing the horses. Dearie, you're lousing up the whole bit. Gina, I didn't get that exactly right, but you know what I mean, don't you? No, I don't. Well, I'm not going to weaken. What else did Al say? Well, he just said that he loves you. <laughs> That's a fine thing for him to say when I'm trying to forget him. <laughs> Irma, I'm telling you for the last time, if you don't come home, I'm coming up there and drag you out if I have to pull you by the hair. No, Jane, you can't. I just had a permanent. <laughs> Jane? 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 What's wrong, dearie? Jane is coming up here. She is. Well, that's just dandy. I can't wait until she walks in. As soon as she opens up her kisser, I'm going to let her have it so hard she'll look like part of the wallpaper. <laughs> who, who can that be? I'll find out. Who's there? It's me, Mushy. <laughs> oh, oh, it's Al's friend. Let him in. Hello, Amy. Hello, Mushy. Uh, what do you want? Well, Al got your message, and he's just gone to pieces to think that you could doubt him. Oh, I don't doubt him. Uh, just tell him that he's on trial. Amy, you know well, if I mention the word trial, he'll blow town. <laughs> well, that guy really loves you, Amy. Here is your box of candy he sends you with a note. Give me the candy, Amy. Why? This is a real separation. You gotta forget that Al exists and I'll help you. I'll eat the candy. Well, just let me read this note. I'll read it to you. Uh, dear chicken. Gee, it's good to hear his voice again. <laughs> I cannot under... Under... Uh, let me see. Oh, that's how he spells understand. Uh, I cannot understand how you can doubt me. After all, I thought that the girl who was going to marry me would think more of me than my best friends do. At first, I was very angry with you, but now I understand your angle, so wish you would just eat the bottom layer of the candy, as the top one will make you very... Amber? Amber? 
How are you, Amber? I don't feel so good. Oh. Well, don't worry, Amber. You'll enjoy the bottom layer. Uh, let me finish the note. Um, chicken, we must get together again. I cannot wait a week. You mean so much to me. I have already told them at the unemployment office that my financial worries are over as I am getting married. Give Mushy your answer. Love, Al. Well, Amy, what is the answer? Amy? Oh, Mushy, tell Al I'm, I'm just as miserable as he is, but in a week from now we'll be married and we can share our misery. Okay, Amy. You got a dime for Subway fare? A dime? Yeah. Al paid my fare here. But he says since marriage is a 50-50 proposition, he didn't want to leave you out of it. Oh, he's so thoughtful. Here, Mushy. Oh, thanks, Amy. Goodbye. Amy, I'm proud of you. You got character. But I'm not happy. I feel like a fairy princess locked up in a castle. And out there in Sherwood Forest is the man I love. Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> so heartsick. I'm tired of this experiment. Can't we stop being pigs for a while? Uh, come in. Oh, it's you. Uh, yes, yes, it is, Amber. Do, do you mind if I come in? Yes, and no cracks about my place. Oh, well, I, I think it's very charming. It smells, and you know it. <laughs> uh, look, Amber, I, I, I don't want to start any trouble. I, I resent your tone. I never start trouble. I have my opinion of you, and you have your opinion of me, and you ought to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> have a piece of candy. Oh, thanks. From the top layer. No, no, Jane, it'll ruin your figure. Uh, Irma, can I have a word with you in private? How dare you describe my place that way? Please, Amber. Irma, I want you to understand, I never thought much of Al, but you love him. He wants to marry you. Now he has a little money, and this is your chance. But Jane Amber says that it's a smart thing to do. Well, I think it's asinine. It's a good thing you agree with me, or I'd let you have it. <laughs> Hello? Just a second. Irma, it's your Al. Well, go on. Talk to him, Irma. Irma? Oh, Jane, you talk to him. The doctor says the separation must be complete or it won't take. Please, Jane. Oh, hello, Al. What? Yes, Irma is here, and so is that uh, M-O-R-O-N... A-M-B-E-R Mobile Oil? Why, she hasn't even got a car <laughs> What, Al? Irma, Al says he's got to talk to you It's very important Irma? I can't wait any longer to marry him He's a man I love Hello, Al, honey I'm ready to get married What? Oh, no, Al Oh, Al Al, goodbye <laughs> What happened? Oh, Jane, we can't get married. Why not? You know the money he wore, won on that horse fast, Daddy. Yes? 
Well, Al tried to increase it by betting on a horse called Son of Fast Daddy. Well? Al says some of the smartest fathers can have backward children. <laughs> Don't think that you are safe from film. Nearly everyone has it. Just run your tongue over your teeth. If you feel a slippery coating, that's film. And you'd better get Pepsodent toothpaste to remove it. For film collects stains that make teeth look dull. It harbors germs that cause unpleasing breath. Film glues acid to your teeth. The very acid that many dentists agree is the cause of tooth decay. And remember, film never lets up. So brush your teeth twice a day with film-removing Pepsodent. No other toothpaste can duplicate Pepsodent's film-removing formula. Get Pepsodent with Irium today. Pepsodent toothpaste bites film on teeth and cleans breath too. Pepsodent toothpaste gives film on teeth the old skidoo. with an old maid of 24 who is still in love with a mad genius, age unknown. But having learned her lesson, she won't do anything that will separate her from Al. In fact, at this very minute, I am trying to clean the apartment and Irma is sitting on Al's lap. Irma, will you please get up for a minute so I can finish the cleaning? No, I'm not going to take any chances. Just mop around us. <laughs> Well, speaking of mops reminds me of spring cleaning. But what I, Jane Stacy, wonder is if even with spring cleaning, the cobwebs will ever come out of the head of my friend Irma. <laughs> My Friend Irma is produced and directed by Cy Howard. Park Levy writes the script with Stanley Adams and Roland McLean, and it is brought to you by Pepsodent Toothpaste with Irium, another fine product of Lieber Brothers Company. Marie Wilson is starred as Irma with Joan Banks as Jane. Marta Mal is played by John Brown. Hans Conrad was heard as Professor Kropotkin and Gloria Gordon as Mrs. O'Reilly. Music was under the direction of Blood Gluskin. Trouble on the Telephone. When he phoned, she was telling him... I'd love to go, Herb, but I promised Mother I'd stay in. That's what she said, but what she was thinking. Oh, Herb, you could be nice to be with, but nobody likes you with film on your teeth. Herb ought to remember, and you should too, that film makes your teeth look dull. It breeds bad breath, glues acid to your teeth, and film never lets up. So fight it with film-removing Pepsodent. Get Pepsodent toothpaste with Irium today. When you contribute to the 1949 Red Cross Fund, you are not just giving to the Red Cross. You are giving through the Red Cross to the American people. Yes, the American Red Cross is a partnership of the people of America. So give and give generously to your Red Cross. 
Tune in one hour earlier next week and listen to the Lux Radio Theater, followed by the Pepsi and Show, My Friend Irma. Both brought to you by Lever Brothers Company. Wendell Niles speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. My Friend Irma with Will Al Mary Irma starring Marie Wilson as Irma, Joan Banks as Jane, and John Brown as Al from March 7, 1949 is heard over CBS. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 35 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 35 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two exciting episodes of Bold Venture, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>